Hello everyone, 안녕하세요. This is your girl Jackie here with an episode of Sakura Pop at Sakura Popcast. Thanks for tuning in and remember you can send in your comments, your opinions and anything else you might like me to broadcast. You can email those to Bonnie, could you give me that email, please? Sakura Pop. <laughs> Sakura Popcast at gmail.com. Yeah, I just unexpectedly launched that one at you, Bonnie. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I gotta be more, you know. This is how everybody knows that this podcast is not scripted. It's with these unpredictable little no, moments where I try to catch Bonnie by surprise. It's a test. <laughs> And it worked. <laughs> Have to be on my toes. So, we are well on our way, barreling towards possibly the last episodes of Vincentro. Um, today, we will be mm -hmm. reviewing and talking about episodes 15 and 16. But before that, there is a question that I would like to pose to Bonnie and all listeners. And that is the question about the type of coffee that you like. We see in Vincentro, you know, he, he is such a sophisticated guy. He hails from Italy, which is basically the king of coffee. That country, they yeah. do the best coffee there. And Vincentro was purely an all-espresso drinker before, but now he's taking on a liking to instant coffee. What do you think, Bonnie? Which kind of coffee is do you think tastes better? Do you like that instant stuff? Well, I'm not a huge coffee drinker, but my husband is. And... You know, even though I don't drink coffee a lot, I've drank it before. And I think that this is really ridiculous how they're making this guy from Italy who drank espressos, like good espressos, enjoy instant coffee. I think it's totally unreasonable and completely product placement. <laughs> I am just as passionate so, about this as you are, Bonnie. <laughs> and just as strongly right? I cringe so hard. <laughs> it's so unbelievable. Yes. Amongst all the things that are unbelievable, this coffee, this instant coffee stuff easily takes the cake. <laughs> I agree. I'm glad we're on the same page because I would have mentioned it if you didn't. I, I don't mind instant coffee. And this is the type of instant coffee that's packaged in convenient little individual tubes. So it's all in there. The creamer's in there, the whitening's in there, the sugar... And, of course, the actual coffee. And you just pour it into your cup. Uh, pour the right amount of hot water in it. Give it a little mix. And it's good to go. It's one-stop shop. Yeah. Which is convenient, but not necessarily good tasting. It's very, very sweet. It's like the tea. Like the tea packages where, you know, you get the cream and the sugar with the tea. It's... It's sweet. It's, you know, easy, but does it taste like tea? I, I would have to doubt that, right? 
And as someone who lives with a, like a coffee snob, um, I know that, you know, if you, if, if someone is truly into the taste of coffee in general, they like to drink it black. So the fact that it's loaded with all this other stuff means that, you know, the person drinking it might not necessarily be drinking it for the coffee. Just for that sugar rush. Come on, Vincentio, I'm starting to doubt your taste. But coffee aside, let's run through a summary of what happened in episodes 15 to 16. Vincentio's half-brother, Paolo, sent Hitman on Vincentio, and he is saved by his many feathered friends. All seems well, and Prosecutor Zhang, with evidence obtained from the guillotine files, arrests Zhang Hangsok. However, he betrays Vincentio and leaves our lawyers out in the cold. Vincentio targets and entangles a corrupt media tycoon in a shaman scheme. This Mr. O reveals a bunch of Zhang Hangsok's dirty laundry, but dies ultimately at the hands of Babel. Now with intel that the guillotine file is beneath Gumga Plaza, Zhang Hangsok attempts to blow the lid off the building and take everyone within along with it. He is foiled by his own brother's preemptive action, and Vincentio continues to stay alive despite Zhang's chagrin. Vincentio and his mother have a tear-jerking heart-to-heart talk where they share confidences. Just as we hope that they will reunite for reals, Jung loses patience and kills her. Vincentio, in a fit of rage, storms Jung's house and puts Jung in point-blank range of his gun. Fantastic. Fantastic two episodes. That was amazing. That was a really good recap. We've got a few shockers in these two episodes. Mm -hmm. And the first one... Uh, is that the mom died. Is it a shocker, though? Were you shocked? I Maybe maybe you're right. I suppose I am just more disappointed because I figured that Vincentio would arrive in time to the hospital and I saw no plot-related reason for killing her off. I saw it coming that she was going to be targeted, but I fully, 100% expected that Vincentio would come to a rescue. And at some point, we would have a happily ever after ending for mom and child. That would have been nice. But I think the foreshadowing was quite strong since the beginning. I think even in the first few episodes... Like really early on when they did the kind of foreshadowing of the future mm-hmm. episodes, they already alluded to her dying. Well, she was actively um, dying because of her disease. Wait, that's true. Oh. She is always constantly yes. dying. Um, but I think they, they alluded to her getting oh. killed off even earlier on. So I was kind of just anxiously mm-hmm. waiting for this moment to happen. And I think in terms of a plot device, I think it was required in this situation to bring out the passion to, in Vincentio because we haven't seen him, him like over this. the edge. Yeah. Because he's always been the cool, calm, and collected one, right? 
if you compared him to Chaeyoung, who's like throwing coffee cups at the TV and like being really upset by things and him telling her that she can't be so emotional and, you know, she's just letting the bad guys get to her. This is when he totally loses his cool. So I can appreciate why they did that. Although it, it was really sad. Yes. And especially just after they've had that mother and son talk. Mm-hmm. And she's essentially adopted him as her son at that point without knowing his real identity. I think she knows. Oh. To be honest, I think she knows and that's why it's less sad. Uh, I think throughout. I was curious because they left it kind of amb- ambiguous. They did, but the talk that she had with Jung Woo at the end there, saying that they just recently met each like recently reunited and blah 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 and the way that she's always acted around him you I can kind of sense that she kind of knows in the back of her mind mm-hmm. just like how the lawyer guy knew like the dad knew and how Chaeyoung knows mm-hmm. I think they are all like they kind of know mm-hmm. um, it wasn't confirmed mm-hmm. but at least I think that's a regret that we don't have to be too sad about because I think they both know in, in the back of their mind what's going on. And they've both forgiven each other um, and can, and try to come to terms with this tragic past as best as they could by talking it out. So that that scene definitely had me in tears. It was so touching. Super touching. And it's all thanks to Chai Yang. So good for her for doing that, pushing him. Mm-hmm. Yep. It wouldn't have happened without her. Yes. Okay, so it might not be such a shock then that. Uh, At least to me. I don't off. know. <laughs> <laughs> but there is another one that I believe does warrant the shock factor, and that would be Prosecutor Jung's betrayal. Did it come? Yeah. It came out of absolutely nowhere. It fell out of the sky and was completely uncharacteristic. Well, I was worried already when we saw that scene of him meeting with the Mr. Cho, Mr. Cho, and I was like, "Hmm, that seems sketchy," but I was not sure. But yeah, other it's it's quite. I'm more disappointed than shocked. Because I felt like maybe there's one good guy in the prosecution office, but I guess no, there's no good guys. This is this is one of the few times though that Vincentio and Cha Young put one hundred percent trust into an ally. They're always very, very guarded whenever somebody approaches them intending to help the way of the world that they live in doesn't give them much confidence to uh, to put a lot of faith in any one person. For this to happen to them, it really erodes their faith in humanity, I think, and in the system. Like, there's this one beacon of hope and of justice 
that would he he was a powerful ally and he would have been able to bring everything to light and to bring all the bad guys to heal but that would have been too quick wouldn't it we are at episode 15 only after all I guess so. We need twists and turns, but I think I am as disappointed as them when it comes to this, is, this guy. This is just too contrived for me. Um, so I was very surprised. And I should be as angry as Cha Young and fling a cup at my TV. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, so, it's too ludicrous and far-fetched to make me angry. Yeah, I guess everyone is selfish in the show. It's just strange how Prosecutor Jung has strung them along all this time. And he's never been pushy, not in that sense of the word. Um, he's never like absolutely demanded things from them. He's asked for their help and cooperation, but uh, he was never aggressive at trying to find out what they know. And even at the beginning, he was reluctant. He, he w remember at the beginning, he was very reluctant to have their help. Yeah, I don't, I don't want your dirty hands and your tricks to contaminate my case. So he must be so two-faced that you can't even see through. Like, it's like a lot of planning and acting, and that part is less believable, right? Yeah, it's just too bizarre. Uncharacteristic. Yeah, uncharacteristic. He doesn't seem like that kind of guy who's like that good at acting. Yeah, or have you know? that much ambition and greed. I mean, he's been working on Babel for six years. They've said that on multiple occasions, that he's yeah. the only prosecutor who's willing to go the length. So I'm curious when he decided to switch sides. You know, is this a recent thing or has he been planning this all along? Because that's a long time to be like being two-faced. And it's weird because all that time he would have been getting dirt on Babel and trying to bring them but down. But I guess he needed this. He needs this strong of an evidence in order to get what he wants. Otherwise, if he has weak evidence, it's not enough for him to get what he wants out of the deal, right? I'm keeping my mind open to possibilities until we see more. I, I, th I think there's a potential for Mr. Jung to do some double crossing. Yeah, I mean, he's still alive and Central kept him alive, so we'll see. And that's what I like. I like how Central, like at the beginning, I'm like, oh, why doesn't he just kill off all these people? But he's keeping them all alive and he does a good job of freaking them out so bad where it's like, I'm going to kill you at any time. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's but right. But I'm not yeah. going to kill you right now. So, <laughs> so he, that's kind he, of like the best. He could turn Mr. Jung around to be his own hunting dog. Just like he has out of many other enemies. That's true. So, so we'll see what happens with open him. Open to possibilities. We haven't seen the last of Mr. Jung. Now, how about that rescue? Vincenzo up on the roof, four Italian mafia members who are trained killers have him at gunpoint and 
we talked about last episode how there seemed to be no possibility of rescue from uh, from a obvious source. So that was hilarious because I recalled how how much speculation we went into, like who's gonna save him? Yeah, can Chaeyoung get back in time? And even if she does, what can she do? <laughs> yeah, is she gonna bring someone else? Like, and then the most ridiculous plot happens. <laughs> I think. <laughs> I don't know how you felt. About, I was like, seriously, this is how he gets saved. <laughs> I thought it worked. <laughs> We've seen some it, crazy things. It totally gave me Home Alone vibes. <laughs> and they even mentioned it. I think someone was like, it was like Home Alone. That guy had feathers all over him. Oh, yeah. It's so funny. Uh. Uh, well, good. So. I, w I would be completely freaked out if that happened to me. Out of all the birds in the world, I feel like pigeons come across as the most freaky. Which leads to our next fun thing that happens. The whole charade that they put out to become shamans. Roping okay. in Cha Yong and the paralegal too. So, what did you think about that? It's some... Good play acting, that's for sure. I think Cha Young did a better job as the witchy assistant uh, yeah. than Vincencio. She was very convincing. Even the even the paralegal was better. I don't think Vincencio was very convincing. No, he's got too much of a pristine yes. look to yes, be exactly. able to pull off uh, somebody who could be possessed by spirits. I know. I was so surprised that when they all picked him. I think it was just, I don't know. It was just like for us to see a different side of him, I guess. But it was, again, not very believable. And, you know, the, the more I think about it, isn't it picky? But I'm like, they could have just used the initial shaman guy and just told him to tell that guy this stuff. They didn't need to do the whole shebang. You know, like, what's the point of three of them acting and doing all this when they could have just used the other guy. <laughs> it's just more fun this way, Bonnie. I know, but is it really? We need I don't it. Know. We need. We need to see everybody all dressed up and a flower placed behind Vincentio's ear. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a bit I too thought, feminine in this. In this I thought in Korean culture, if you have a flower in your hair, then it means you're crazy. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so, some sort of a cute kawaii thing. Yeah. But I, I wouldn't trust a kawaii shaman. Yeah, it's it's still a thing that people do seek out these shamans or like fortune tellers. Like they would have them at sitting at night markets, um, they would have their little stands and then you can get like your palm reading or um or uh, face reading and learn about your future or learn about your past. Yep, but it's I don't think I've ever seen a shaman who looks like Song Joon Ki. So. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> he doesn't really fit that profile. <laughs> he can do anything, it seems. It seems like it. Yep. He can pose as anybody and be anything. And it's all convincing. Yeah, I guess that has been the 
that has been the plot device throughout. Because every time they have another scheme, he's like acting as something else, right? Yep. So what's that thing that that picture that you sent me? Oh, it's got a whole <laughs> grid of all of oh, the yeah. different things he's posed as. So he's posed yeah. as an influencer. He's a model. Quite a few other things too. He's a yeah, shaman. like a lover boy. <laughs> yeah, a seducer. Um, seducer, yes. <laughs> so that's good. I like it. I like how we see different sides of him. Now for the quote of the week. Things are about to get biblical. The Tower of Babel will soon fall. <laughs> it's gonna get biblical. Doesn't get any bigger than biblical, that's for sure. <laughs> I wonder if everybody catches on to what this quote refers to, um, because it talk it does talk about the Tower of Babel, and that's a, an actual religious reference. So that's why I thought this quote was particularly witty. Yeah, so if you don't understand something that somebody has said in Vincentio, it's worth looking up because it's a very smartly written show and they slip kind of these little Easter eggs and references everywhere. Yeah. Do you know about the Tower of Babel, Bonnie? No. No, actually. Ah. Um, it is a religious reference from many cultures, but the probably most well-known would be like the Christian reference. And apparently um, people around the world used to all speak the same language and then they built this tower um, so then they could live closer to the heavens and they just like built it higher and higher. And then at some point, God said, I am going to disperse you all now. So off you go and you will all end up speaking in different tongues. It's from the book of Genesis. I have admittedly, I'm, I'm not well versed in Christianity. So I kind of only know bits and pieces, but that is the short and sweet of it uh what else would you like to talk about um well for me the highlight of the whole two episodes was that ending sequence of episode 16 i don't know if you want to touch on that yet or you want to wait right on let's go for it so, so that was intense <laughs> yep in a fit of rage he storms jang's house where all are at all our top enemies lie. Jang, his brother. Well, even before that, I think it's, for me, it started like when he found out who the killer was. And, oh, he, and stormed he went after him? His house him? or his whatever apartment. And that's when you can see the rage in his eyes. And you can see that he's become like a person that I've never seen so far in this whole drama series. Because no mercy. I think, yeah, I think we mentioned previously how his killings compared to how, like, Jung-woo would kill someone. Because, you mm -hmm. know, Jung-woo would be very brutal. Like, he, like, like, we find out in these two episodes, he has been diagnosed to be, like, a psychopath. And he just kills people with no remorse. And he's, like, you know, just, like, hits them with, like, 
fun objects and stuff. Whereas Vincentio does it in a more merciful way, at least from what we've seen so far. You know, carbon monoxide and, you know, shooting someone with a gun. Oh, only when he doesn't need them yeah. anymore. So it's, it's... I mean, uh, only when he continues to need them, I mean, and then and then afterwards, he still disposes he, oh, of yeah, them. Oh, yeah, he kills them. But, I mean, the way is not as brutal. But what I saw in this sequence is the way that he tortured his mom's killer is something that I haven't seen in him before. The fact that, you know, it was pretty gruesome the way he, like, broke his fingers and, you know, slammed on him and, you know, chased him. It was like a horror movie. He, like, chased him down oh, yes. the path into Jungwoo's house and that whole... I have uh, flashes of The Shining going on when yeah. Jack Nicholson is outside and chasing his family out in the snow and going around the mazes. Yeah, I haven't seen it because <laughs> I usually like, don't Woo. like thrillers and scary movies. But like, it t- definitely gave me like goosebumps and I was like, Ugh, I wouldn't want to be watching this right before bed because it was really creepy. Um, oh. But yes, so... But th- that whole sequence, that whole build-up to that scene where he shows up at the house with where all the bad guys were was really well shot. I have to say, I derived a, a sort of sick satisfaction watching oh, yeah. those scenes. I am like, you know what? These people deserve everything that Vicencio has to deal yeah. to them. But given it's only episode... I guess I believe in vigilante yeah. justice. And I think that's like throughout this whole show, right? In general, I, would, I wouldn't be okay with him doing all these gray, gray mafia stuff. But, you know, they build it up so then you are on his side and you feel like what he does, it, it makes sense. And you are rooting for him, even though it's not okay to kill someone and like to terrorize them like that. But it was so satisfying when he shot the bad guy and the blood splattered all over that Busan lawyer's face. I think that was still too quick. That was still too quick, Bonnie, for me. Oh, you would have let, you would have tortured him more. Dragged okay. it out. But I think at that point he was torturing them. Yeah, he killed yeah. a loved one. That's true. So... It's it's just in the most like despicable way when that person was completely yeah. vulnerable. That was pretty, yeah. and uh, it was so disgusting how like you sh- you see him kill her, and then he like goes home and he's like watching some comedy, like laughing, picking his toes, like <laughs> it makes you think like how can you kill someone mm-hmm. and then go home and like live your life normally like that with no remorse? It makes yep. you just so disgusted yep. with this man. Yeah, there is no mercy to be had. That's true. It would have been nice for him to torture him a bit more. But I think at that point, the point was to torture the lawyer and to terrorize her. Yep, give them a taste of what fear looks like and smells like. They were all scared. They were all scared. Like, they were all going to poop their pants. You can see in their eyes. And that was so satisfying. (laughs) Duck cover. Right? (laughs) Yeah, they were all duck and covering. When it comes to it... You know, Vincentio doesn't no. flinch, and his life has been put into danger so many times that like he faces it head on. Yep. Even Cha Young does. Oh, yeah. But these d- darn cowards. Yeah. 
they've just, you know, they, this is what they're doing to other people. So you might as well see for yourself what that feels like. I know. It's like, this is what you get for messing with a mafia member. You don't just go and kill off their mother. You know, it's yep. like, take that. I do feel bad for the other two, though, a little bit. They're not great, but the other lawyer, the lawyer CEO and the younger brother, they were really not involved in this scheme, but. No, they disagree with it. I'm, you're seeing, we're seeing uh, some huge cracks developing between Che Myung-hee and uh, the Wu Sang CEO. I, for once in his life, I think Wu, the Wu Sang CEO finally came out and pronounced how unacceptable all of these actions are. They are lawyers. They are not, this is not a contracted killing agency, mm -hmm. he said. So he has some ethics. I mean, like he's losing his employees one at a time, you know, she... She gets her underlings to like order all these assassinations and then they get they get pulled off to the police station one by one. He just got wrapped up in it um, and he didn't stop it when it started. So now he is just completely embroiled and he's a, a, an unintelligent coward. <laughs> so uh, aside from going along with it, you know, he... It's really his own fault too. It is, and I think before he brought her on That's, board, you know, if, if something like if some something like this happens, you just fire her. You are the CEO for a reason. Fire her. Yeah, I think it's too. He's in too deep. <laughs> yeah, he's committed too many crimes his own on his own account. Well, even if he did nothing, he abetted the murders. So he would be considered a, a an accomplice. Yep, it's not going to end well for any of them. They're all on the same side now, regardless yep. of what their true values are at this point. I don't have anything else until we get to episode 17 and 18. Mm -hmm. So why don't we leave it here for now? So thank you, everybody, for listening to Sakura Pop. Keep musing about those K-dramas and we will see you next week. Annyeong! Annyeong!